Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful people and kindle in us the fire of your love. Amen. Please be seated. Good morning. Happy Pentecost. Thank you. Well done. So uh, there's a story about a wise old mother superior who was dying. The the nuns gathered around her in her bed and they gave her some warm milk to drink to make her more comfortable, but she refused the milk. So one nun took the milk and she was going back to the kitchen. And when she went back to the kitchen, she noticed this bottle of whiskey there that they'd gotten for Christmas. So she opened it up and she poured a pretty generous amount in the warm milk and she took it back to the mother superior, gave her the glass and mother superior took the glass and she took a sip and she took another sip and she lifted it up and she drank it all down and it was clear that this was near the end for her. And so the nun said to her mother, mother, give us some wisdom before you die. The mother superior sat up in her bed and with a pious look on her face. She pointed out the window and she said, don't sell that cow. (laughs) Whatever you do, don't sell that cow. So that is one kind of spirit, but today we are gathered here to talk about another kind of spirit, the Holy Spirit. And it's not so much about dying peacefully, it's more about living powerfully. So the author Annie Dillard in her book, Teaching a Stone to Talk, wrote about Pentecost. She wrote this, does anyone have the foggiest idea what sort of power we so blithely invoke? Or as I suspect, does no one believe a word of it? The churches are children playing on the floor with their chemistry sets, mixing up a batch of TNT to kill a Sunday morning. It is madness to wear ladies' straw hats and velvet hats to church. We should all be wearing crash helmets, she says. Ushers should issue life preservers and signal flares. They should lash us to our pews. That's Pentecost. This Holy Spirit, this advocate, this comforter is not a comforter simply to bring us comfort. It's a spirit of power. And so I wonder, do we, do you and I have spirit power? I'll give you a chance to answer that in just a moment now. So uh, when I was a freshman in high school, I was about the same size then as I am now, 6'3", 260, you know, pretty muscular um, or not. Um, And I played football on the junior varsity. And in fact, we were undefeated that year. And I got an award at the end of the year. Uh, I, I insisted it said best offensive lineman, though some people said it was most offensive lineman. But then when it came to the next year for varsity, you had to practice in the summer. You had to go out in the heat. You had to, I had to cut my hair, miss surfing, all sorts of things. And so I said, thank you, but no thank you. But 
but I continue to be a big supporter of all the sports teams, and, and particularly the football team. And, and I remember one of the cheers that I bet a lot of you have done at different uh, sporting events. Um, it, it says, we've got spirit. Yes, we do. We've got spirit. How about you? Y'all done that before? Okay. <laughs> Are you ready? Okay, so... Now, I'm just saying, I'm looking out here, it looks like we've got more people on this side, but I'm counting on those of you all over there. So, so we'll go, we've got spirit, yes we do, we've got spirit, how about you? We've got spirit, okay, you know what to do? Okay, is that a yes? Okay, okay, you ready over here? Okay, we've got spirit, yes we do, we've got spirit, how about you? We've got spirit, yes we do. One more time. Wow. I know there's never any sense of competition in the church. I, I know, I never. So, you know, at the end of the sermon, very well done, by the way. Thank you very much. Feel that sort of blood kind of flowing, right? So, you know, at the end of our service, we have what's called a dismissal. And it's not simply the cue that says, okay, the service is over, now you can go home. It, it, that word means to be sent forth. And so we have these words to go forth into the world rejoicing in the power of the Spirit. We should be running out the door acting like we've got Spirit, right? So, so in, our, in the great thanksgiving, the prayer that the uh, celebrant says at the altar, there is a technical term for one of the things we do. It's called the epiclesis, and that is when we call on the Spirit to descend on this bread and wine and make them for us the body and blood of Jesus. And then there's, we call on the Spirit to bless us as well, and then you'll see some of us make the sign of the cross at that point. Now, in the Gospel of John on, on Easter night, when the disciples are all gathered around and Jesus come, comes among them, he breathes on them. And he says, receive, he says, peace be with you, receive the Spirit. And he breathes on them and they breathe in the Spirit. <sighs> like that, you can see their faces light up. And in that moment, in that experience, the church is born. The Spirit has become as empowered people, and that is the birth of the church. So we celebrate the church's birthday. So what are we to do with this Spirit? Are we to be satisfied with being comforted? Are we to gather each week to talk and remember how nice it is? to hear a nice sermon and listen to lovely music and watch others who bring the Spirit to life in the world? No. Empowered by that Spirit, we are to boldly go where no church has gone. Actually, I think a lot of churches have gone, but it seemed like a good thing to say. I wonder if any of you went to church camp as a child or a youth, maybe to 
Camp Beckwith, I know a lot of you, maybe some of you, Camp McDowell, other church camps. I went to uh, Camp Weed, which, just so you're, so you're clear, <laughs> I, I want to be perfectly clear about this. It was named after Bishop Weed, not after some of the extracurricular activities of some of the uh, campers. So, um, so that experience for me was, was powerful. It was wonderful. Made lots of great friends who are friends to this day. Lots of fun, learned about Christian community, sang a lot. And for me, that camp experience was really the formative experience in my life. And one of the songs we sang, we will sing today during communion. It's called, Spirit of the Living God, Fall Afresh on Me. I'm going to spare you and not sing it, but we sing the words, Melt me, mold me, fill me, use me. And it's all part of a process to make us, to make me usable to be then set on fire to breathe in the Spirit and be the church. So, friends, put on your crash helmets and life preservers and get ready because we are playing with dynamite. It's not about what we feel, it's about what happens. And not in here so much as out there. Because I think you know that in our present world that is so characterized by hate and dishonesty and violence, that world out there desperately, desperately needs you and me to bring that dynamite, that spirit, that good news, and to teach these children who will be baptized, who become members of the church today, what it means to have that spirit. So come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful people and kindle in us the fire of your love. Melt us, mold us, fill us, use us. Then send us out rejoicing in the power of that spirit to change the world. Alleluia, alleluia. And for Christ's sake, don't sell the cow. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. At this time, I invite the Crossland family up for our baptism. And if there are any, well, there's lots of children in the congregation. Y'all are welcome to come up here and sit right here to get a better view. So you can go ahead and come up here. Yeah, y'all can sit right there. Yeah, perfect. Perfect, Parker. 